and welcome to Thingamajigs, the exciting history of mundane things. I'm Ben. And I am Danielle. So Ben, have you ever been involved or adjacent yes. to, wait for the, wait for the question, ding dong dash? You mean a ding dong ditch? Right, ding dong ditch. <laughs> yes, actually. You have? Yeah, me and my friends in the neighborhood, we used to be quite the hooligans back in the day. Of course you have. I have not. The opportunity never really presented itself to me. Also, I'm not a good runner. The, the ditch part is the part that I struggle with. I ding-dong all the time. The ditching is where I, I struggle. So as a kid, you'd go up to people's houses in the middle of the night, and you'd just ring their doorbell, and then they'd answer the door, and you'd be like, ha-ha, gotcha. No, I didn't go out at night. I was not a moonlight walker like you and your hooligan friends and sister. So as you can guess, today's topic is doorbells. And this is very exciting because this is the first topic request that we have received from a listener. Wait, does, do people listen to this? Um, well, I know of at least one. I thought these were private recordings. My world is shattered. Can't believe you uploaded all this stuff I've been saying. Oh my goodness. I need to change my name. I need to move away. So this topic was suggested by Shenanigan Stan. So... I would like to dedicate this episode to Stan Shenanigans. That his given name? Oh, I am absolutely sure that that is his Christian name, yes. Beautiful name. Really, we are talking about visitation alert systems. Doorbells come in later, but visitation alert systems is, is where this is going to start. VASs. Vas. Vaseline. Was that the original one? Is that where it got its name? I can't imagine. They'd put some Vaseline on the doorknob and then they'd just wait and listen for the, ah, what is that? That's a good prank. That's pretty gross. Putting sticky things on anything is unpleasant. So the first way we alerted our appearance to people's homes was a simple knock at the door with our fist. Hopefully it wasn't too big of a house and they could hear it. Because homes are getting larger and if you're in the back of your house you might not hear that. I mean, if someone was knocking at my mom's door and she was in her bedroom, she would not hear that. That's one of my favorite things about houses. Somebody's like, hey, where were you? I knocked on your door. Oh, you did? I must have been in the back. Couldn't hear it. Sorry, bud. See you in a month. Your mom and myself could be in our closets and still hear a knock at the door. We're, we're, we're representing that tight living style. We're more interested in how easy it is to change our outdoor space than the comfort of our indoor space. I think it's hilarious that your parents' Airstream has a doorbell. I like it because if you're in a camper and someone knocks on the door, your whole home shakes. It's quite jarring. So to instead of, you know, a small earthquake, if you could just get a ding-dong, much more pleasant. So back to the olden days. So if you live in more of a townhouse, the city outside is going to be steadily getting louder. What with more people means more carriages. People in general are loud. The car is going to really start a ruckus. Those early models were so loud. But we aren't worried about that just yet. Cars, cars are still a long way off. If you lived in the country, though, a lot of people had dogs. Dogs have been used as alert systems for a long time. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I think they usually had bigger dogs. Farm dogs usually aren't little yappy dogs, which happen to be one of the best alert systems. 
Have you ever tried to sneak around a house with like little Yorkies and Chihuahuas or other terriers? Oh, and beagles. I despise Yorkies. At the clinic, we called all the terriers terrors. They bark at just everything, so you kind of never know when they're actually barking at something versus just like a bug they found. There's definitely no wandering up uh, undetected when there's an outdoor run of beagles. Have you ever been around beagles? All the beagles I've been around were super old and didn't talk much. Michael had a beagle. It was very vocal. I just remembered. It would just be, it would just lay on the floor, and anytime somebody would like stand up to go to the bathroom or something, it was like, that is an accurate impression of a beagle. Just so you know, that was that was top tier beagle impression. Yes, thank you. I practiced for years. Anyway, I thought it wouldn't be fair to talk about visitor alert systems without mentioning the mighty dog. Finally, after several misconnections, there's only so many times your heart can take going to your neighbor's wedding because she heard Opportunity knocking. Many men were named Opportunity back then. I don't know if you knew that. Was it common for suitors to just show up to your house and knock on your door and be like, Hey, hi, my name's Opportunity, and I think we should get married. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked, right? If it wasn't an arranged marriage, then you just showed up at the lady you fancied's house and you announced yourself as an eligible bachelor, introduced yourself to her parents. If her parents liked you, it was a deal. Man, dating before the internet was crazy. So we invented the door knocker. In my opinion, this is only a little bit better than banging on the door with your fist. It definitely is a louder sound with less effort. So if you're tired of getting little red knuckles trying to get the person inside to hear your arrival, then this is, a, this is good news. It's also good news for creative people because these things could be very elaborate. Most of them were large and made of metal of some sort. I think iron was a popular choice. You remember in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? One of the first weird things that happened to him that night was his door knocker changed shape to appear more like his business partner, Bob Marley. Is it Bob Marley? You know the story. Bob Marley shows up in Scrooge's home and tells him if he doesn't spread the redemptive word of reggae, he'll send three spirits to torment him until he funds his music career. One love, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> ah, Scrooge, the unsung hero of reggae. Nothing rings in the Christmas season like some Bob Marley. Absolutely. I really hope that there's some fan fiction out there that is somewhat like what I just described. If there's not, then I need to start writing it, don't I? Look forward to our new um, animated short, Bob Marley Saves Christmas. Well, there's already a Bob Murray, a very Murray Christmas. There needs to be Bob Marley. A very Marley Christmas. Regardless of style, most of them had a large ring with a heavy metal bit that you could lift and bang on the metal piece that was installed behind it. Now again, there were many styles, but for the most part, they all worked in the same way I just described. You, you pick up the little ring, or it didn't have to be a ring, but most of them were rings, and you went ding, 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 ding. Now you can finally get married without uh, having to punch a door. I want to say that a lot of people wore gloves, too, so like, did they have to take their gloves off in order to knock? I mean, that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to really muffle your knock if you have gloves on. No, they'd take off their big top hats and they would tap on the door with their canes. Ooh, that is very dashing. That's how you get a lady. Or man. We don't judge. 
and we rocked this method for centuries. The first doorbells, here I mean literal bells, were mechanical. These came about during the Industrial Revolution. I had a dumb moment when writing this, because the time frame that I thought was the Industrial Revolution was like mid-1800s to 1900, and I asked Ben what he thought it was, and, and we, had, we had different answers. It turns out that not everybody entered the Industrial Revolution at the same time. Duh. Crazy. Ben had the, the British Industrial Revolution in his mind, and I had the American. No surprise, we were late to the Industrial Party. There were several options one could go with. There was the turn doorbell, which looked like a key that had already been inserted into a hole that you turned and it would activate a hammer that would hit against a bell and ring it. I saw some pictures of these ones and the tops of the metal plating on some of them said turn written on them. This is new technology. They didn't know how they worked. I found that very entertaining. Like Alice in Wonderland with the cake that says eat me and the bottle that says drink me. I have a huge kink about things that say what they are. I love it. Anyway, there were other options. You could have a pull cord. This one, I can't tell if it also used the hammer against the bell method or if it pulled the bell to ring it. There were probably enough out there that some did one or the other. I think it's one of those things where the bell is like on a little uh, spiral hanger and whenever you pull the string, it jiggles the bell. It's funny that you mentioned that because there was one that you just pulled a metal peg and it it connected to a series of chains that pulls the bell and rings it and it was on that spiral thing that you were talking about. Again, the metal plating above the peg said pull. (laughs) Well, at this time, especially since they had so many options, you really had to differentiate which one you have. You know, if Joffrey has the turny bell and he goes to your house and you have the pulley stick, you know. Ah, tried to turn your pulley stick. Isn't that just the worst when you show up to someone's house and you don't know how to use their doorbell? Tough times. Doorbells were so much more complicated back then. I'd be really embarrassed if that happened to me now. Although some of these video doorbells, not to get ahead of ourselves, are not very intuitive to use. So this was a big deal because we now have the sound coming from the inside of the house. Huge progress. I'm guessing the word doorbell was implemented when the bells got involved, but that's just me putting the old power of deduction to use. You're a modern Sherlock Holmes. Thank you. And then we had even more progress in 1817 when a Scottish engineer named William Murdoch invented what was described as a loud doorbell. He was involved in a lot of engineering innovations, actually. It was a piped system of compressed air. I could not confirm there was a bell involved, but I have reasoned out that there was. I looked through so many documents about him, and I couldn't figure out. It was so low on the list of accomplishments that he had. It was just like, oh yeah, and he also did this piped system of compressed air for doorbells. I tried to look into it and find out how his bell worked and i could not find anything doesn't seem to have patented it for all we know it was just the sound of compressed air or it could have been a steam whistle or it could have just been a bell no idea that's a baller move someone's at the door 
Then a scientist named Joseph Henry, who was the first secretary of the Smithsonian Institute. We've talked about this most the Smithsonian, so I've decided that anytime it comes up, I'll add it and then remind people how the Smithsonian and the Wright brothers have beef, because I think that might be my new favorite controversy. Anyway, so Joseph Henry invented the electric doorbell in 1831. It did take this invention a long time to catch on because it worked off of a battery and batteries were expensive. I don't blame people. I try my hardest to not have anything battery powered in my house. If it can't be charged from an electrical socket, I don't want it. So his invention was basically a bell that could be rung at a distance with a wire. A novel idea. It's probably important to mention that these early doorbells were considered a novelty and not a lot of people bought them. The mechanical ones were less expensive. We see this all the time with new inventions. They are usually really cool, but too expensive for the majority of people to own. It happens. But technology did continue to improve. By 1897, a buzzer had been implemented to make them easier to hear. The buzzing was supposedly less intrusive and shrill than the bell, but I don't know about that. The buzzer sounds like when you get an answer wrong on a game show. Not exactly the impression I want to make when announcing myself at someone's home. At this time, you could order your doorbell from Sears. In 1913, the Sears Fall catalog featured their first bell-ringing transformer. And this was a big deal because batteries were annoying to maintain. So this bell-ringing transformer was $2.40, which in today dollars is $74.62, which is kind of a lot, but you didn't have to replace it like the battery, so it probably paid for itself. It is remarkable to me how long Sears was around. Are there any Sears left? They definitely went under and said that they were shutting down, but there's probably like a couple of Sears stores somewhere. Oh, like the last blockbuster. Yeah. Until 1930, doorbells were the bell or buzzer type, which according to Robert Dorbin, the owner of Electra Chime Doorbell, who by the way, dubbed himself Chief Ding Dong Officer. That was my nickname in college. It's a very eccentric title to give yourself, and I love it. The single bell or buzzer-type doorbell was replaced with the chimes that we are more familiar with today. They became popular during the Depression, and unfortunately, not a lot of people had disposable income to upgrade their doorbell. So for the most part, it was richer people who had these soothing chimes. One of the most popular chimes... You know the notes that we would hear and automatically connect with a doorbell sound actually has a name and it is called Westminster chime. It has can you do you want to guess how many notes it has? 8. That is correct. Supposedly this chime is better because it's longer and has notes that range high and low and then it's supposed to catch your attention. I don't know, though. It's a pretty far reach for me to think that if you can't hear very well that you're going to hear this one any better. But maybe. I haven't looked into it, what notes are best at catching attention. I like it, though. It's very pretty and has a traditional sound. I think it would be less jarring and upsetting over the sudden anxiety-inducing banging at the door or even the ah, buzz that is sometimes used. I always associate that chime with the hour changing. I associate it with clock towers. So 
But we are living in the future where everything is documented and video can be streamed right to your smartphone. Which brings me to the smart doorbells we have. Smart doorbells have become increasingly popular over the past few years. In 2020, it was estimated that over 20 million people in the U.S. alone have them installed, and it's pretty easy to see why they're so loved. The doorbell connects to the Wi-Fi in your home and will send a notification right to your phone when someone's ringing it. A camera in the doorbell will show you who's at the door, and with some versions, a microphone and speaker will let you talk to that person without ever leaving that bath that you just got in. But with all innovation, and especially the internet, there is a dark side. For as convenient as they make things, especially for us anti-socialites, having a camera and microphone on your house that's always connected to the internet comes with inherent risks. Nothing on the internet is private. Shall we say that one again? Nothing on the internet is private. Time and time again, smart tools and appliances are being taken over by hackers with malicious intent, which, how awesome would that be if someone hacked into your stuff and then, like, gave you a little present? That does happen sometimes. Does it? There are white hat hackers who hack into things just to say, hey, your thing can be hacked. You should fix that. I didn't even know that that was a classification of hacker. You got a white hat, black hat, gray hat. What's a gray hat? Um, that's somebody who's in a moral gray area. <laughs> you know, they're not really stealing money. Uh, but they're not really not stealing money, you know, that kind of thing. What's worse is that most or all of the smart doorbell companies require a subscription because all of the video is being sent to their servers instead of straight to you. So you don't even need to be hacked to have someone looking through your cameras. Creepy. Pair that with a smart lock and someone can walk right through your doors after watching you leave for work. The future is good. The future is now. There was also an incident this year where an Amazon driver dropped off a package at someone's house and pressed the button on their smart doorbell. The doorbell gave some pre-recorded message because the customer wasn't home, but the driver somehow misheard it, thinking it was the customer talking through the doorbell and saying something racist, and he reported the customer to Amazon because, I mean, I feel like that's what a normal person would do in that situation, and as a result, Amazon remotely disabled every smart device in the customer's house. It was then found that, of course, the customer was not home and was not saying anything racist, so that was probably pretty annoying to get home and all of your stuff is broken. Anyway, maybe not everything should be smart or in the cloud. And that's doorbells! Ding dong. I guess our public service announcement for this episode is that not everything should be connected to the internet. Ugh, but it makes everything so convenient. I love convenience. If you're smart about what internet-connected devices you're getting, then it's okay. Jeff Geerling just did a video about this, I think. Your, your smart devices should be additive, not subtractive. If you're getting a smart light switch where you have to take out all of your light switches... It's probably going to cause you more trouble than good. So thank you again to Shenanigan Stan for bringing this topic to our attention. I enjoyed researching it, and I especially enjoyed hearing some feedback and, and getting a suggestion. It was very exhilarating. If anyone else has more suggestions, Ben, how, how can they contact us? 
You can leave it in the Q&A section of the Spotify page, or you can send us an email to contact at uselist.us. That's contact at U-S-E-L-I-S-T dot U-S. Well, that's one more episode of Thingamajigs and an exciting history of mundane things. Don't forget to grab a goose and... Ring my bell. Ring my bell. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Now, go! Ring my bell.